0: Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new site opening soon in New Albany. Be one of the first to take advantage of launching a new career at one of the best workplaces in the world. Being a part of Amazon includes great benefits and competitive pay, plus many opportunities for advancement. So get a new job today and kickstart a new career tomorrow. Learn more about the perks of working at a new Amazon site. Go to Amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Welcome to The X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host, I am your guide, as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call The X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And The X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 3 a.m. Eastern, right here on The X-Zone Broadcast Network and our growing family of worldwide affiliates, and on Talk Stream Live. If you'd like to send an email, studio at xzoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, xzoneradiotv, and our radio website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. Listen, I want you to get a piece of paper and pencil right this very minute, and I want you to write down this website. www.cubesat, that's C-U-B-E-S-A-T dot, T-E-C-H, because this is a very important website. This is a website that is going to blow the socks off the UFO community and the skeptics. Why? Well, for the past seven years, the topic of extraterrestrial intelligent beings and UFOs have been controversial, if not ridiculed. We all know that, right, ExoNation? Despite many sightings and events, government, military, and media have made a strong attempt to discredit the idea of extraterrestrial aliens. And in the face of their apparent disbelief of the topic, the same military and governments have spent huge amounts of money secretly studying these, and let's use quotations here, ridiculous UFOs and aliens. Thanks to the freedom of information and the actions of many with first-hand experience, thousands of documents, witness testimony, and data have surfaced making the reticule posed by ufology, by media and government, seem staged and forced with this very <coughs> secret intent. ExoNation, this is from CubeSat.tech. And uh, what they are doing is they are launching a CubeSat, which is a satellite, into an Earth orbit of 193 miles in a polar orbit with one mission a mission that has never been done before. And you know what? I could tell you about it, but what I'd like to do is bring on the project manager, the software engineer, and the man whose dream and hard work and quest for the truth has made CubeSat Disclosure a reality. Dave Cote is joining me. And as I said, he's a software engineer and the project manager of CubeSat Disclosure. He graduated from Simon Fraser University with a bachelor in applied science, a major in computer science, and a minor in psychology. And um, first of all, Dave, one Canadian to another Canadian, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. Hello. Uh, Dave, you (laughs) and I have talked off-air about this great project. We've had Dave Schock on the show talking about this project. and. Wow, where did you get the idea? Where did you get the inspiration? Where did this all start? Well, I mean i've I've had a an interest for a while ever
4: since um, several years back, I had a a couple sightings through a friend who sort of introduced me to it all. Mm-hmm. and I mean, I have kind of a science mind, so right I, I was very skeptical about my friends uh, what he was telling me. he himself had had a huge sighting off the coast of California, and he'd seen basically like a mile-wide ship in the sky in broad daylight. Um, now, I know this guy. <clears throat> I grew up with him in high school, and I knew him quite well, and he's not someone to kind of make up tall tales. So I was interested, but very skeptical, and of course telling him, like, this is it's very cool that you say you've seen this, but I mean, I can't sure. really believe it unless I saw it for myself, because it's so outlandish. And then he invited me to go sky watching and he says uh, several times since his sighting, his major sighting, he'd go out and he'd see things. And I thought, wow, this is kind of crazy. And I, I had to jump to the opportunity and go and check it out.
0: All right, Dave, stand by. We're going to have a little bit of a cliffhanger here. Okay. Nation, this is a very important hour. I want you to tell <clears throat> all your friends about this. I want you to get everyone you know to go to www.cubesat. Dot tech, Be part of history. It's very simple, and we're going to tell you how that you, the members of the Exxon Nation around the world, can be part of what I believe will be a mission to remember. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Dave Cote is our special guest. And we're talking about CubeSat Disclosure. This hour, here in the Exxon, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back everyone. Dave Cote is our special guest. He is the project manager of CubeSat Disclosure, their website. I want you to go to this website. I want you to visit it. I want, to, I want you to see what is happening. I want you to see what the difference between a dream and reality is and that's the hard work that goes on in between. And I want you to be part of history. www.cubesat.tech Dave, welcome back, my friend, and once again, congratulations not only on CubeSat, but your recent marriage. Thank you very much. Yes, it was very wonderful. All right, Dave, we were talking about how you, you know, your interest in UFOs came. A friend of yours said that he had seen a mile-wide UFO in the Pacific uh, part of the United States, I believe. And, uh, you know, he got you to join him into sky-watching and and take it from there, buddy.
4: Yeah, so first night I went out obviously I was a little nervous yeah. um, starting to, to actually think we're going out to Mission BC mm-hmm. um, a lake called Roley Lake you're actually not allowed in there at night they've got some of uh, the park rangers will kick you out but we kind of snuck in anyway and started to get nervous thinking like what if I really saw something and mm-hmm. he described to me he said he felt me being nervous basically and he said He's taken people a few times, and ever since his his big sighting, they usually see something, and he doesn't know, like, are they tuned into him or what. Um, He said when he would take a friend who would be really kind of nervous and scared, interestingly, they wouldn't see anything. Um, So this gets into the whole, are they psychically connected to us, that kind of thing. Um, But based on him saying that, I just, you know, I took some breaths, I relaxed, we lay there. And probably about 45 minutes to an hour, we saw the first little light turn on up above us. And it was interesting. It was not like a falling star and not like a satellite or a plane or anything. It was kind of like a like a flashbulb camera just sort of going off in one spot. And I mean, you'd feel I could feel my adrenaline jump when I first saw it. And he was very excited. He started hooting and hollering. And then it would light up again and stay on for a bit and kind of circle in, in funny patterns. And we basically observed this for, I'd say about an hour before it went away. And then we just kind of packed up and left. And since that day, I went with him a couple more times and I invited my brothers along and they also saw it. So we witnessed it a bunch of times. It was really quite crazy. And, After that I kind of like I would just tell everyone about it and a lot of my friends are um, like scientific Mm -hmm. minded um, come from university backgrounds type thing and most of them wouldn't believe it of course and saw me as a bit of a kook. Um, A few of them came and would see something but they would question it away basically so that by the next day everyone's sort of agreeing that must have been this or that must have been that but Legitimately, there's no explanation to some of the things we saw. So it was years later, um, just just a year ago, I was going through just my news feeds and reading. And I saw this company that will send a a little tiny, it's called a tube sat. It's not even a cube sat, it's smaller. And they'll launch this thing for 8,000 US And I was intrigued by this, thinking, oh, how cool would it be to launch something to space yourself, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
4: And then it just kind of dawned on me, this whole UFO topic, which at the time of reading the article had kind of died out and died down in my mind a bit. But I just thought, well, wouldn't that be the greatest way to actually test this, to send something up to actually try to get some verifiable evidence? And that's where the idea started and that's what led me eventually to start a, a crowdfunding project and i guess a lot of people thought it was a great idea and we initially raised uh i think it was 16000 us and then we got a private contribution of another 10000 and all in all it's been close to 30000 that we've raised
0: now i understand that uh, the the rocket has been paid for the satellite yeah. has been paid for and now we still need to raise some money for the telemetry.
4: Yeah, the data right. is basically gonna be the next big cost. Also, I I just found out the chassis, which is the little the little body
1: that mm-hmm.
4: you, you put all the parts into. We have um currently we have a, a 3D printed plastic body that's just kind of for demonstration purposes. We're gonna need I think we're going aluminum mm-hmm. and it's sh- it's probably gonna cost a thousand bucks. Wow. So we need we need to cover that, and then we need to cover the data costs of two to three thousand per month, and the satellite will be up between one and three months. So we're
0: talking about we need to raise another fifteen thousand dollars.
4: Oh no, no, no! More like, I mean, if let's say we covered a month,
0: right? But uh, don't we want to have add-ons that we can actually make the mission go a little longer?
4: Um, I mean. Based on the launch, we're going to get. Okay. They say between one and three months before the thing comes down and okay. burns
0: up. I'm sorry. I I, was, I I thought that there was an extra prop- propulsion system that could be added.
4: Well, I mean, theoretically, yeah. there is, but okay. I don't know. Like, I'd have to talk with our launch partners and what the rules on that are. Okay. I know that they're All pretty right. strict.
0: I, I'm sorry about that, Dave. I okay. You know what? I'm just going to. You're the expert. I was, okay. just, I was just trying to get some extra money for the project. That's
4: all. Yeah. Well, no, the thing is, if this goes well yeah. and it all works, the launch happens, it doesn't burn up on on the launch, that kind of thing. Yeah. And what we're thinking is, I mean, it's actually quite inexpensive in terms of satellites mm-hmm. and, and the cost of that kind of thing. We could make it a yearly thing where we do this, you know, a couple of years in a row. Um, another option would be that the second launch we could, if we raised enough, um, probably be quite a bit more expensive. But we could try to get it launched further into orbit. Right. And in that case, we could last up there for at least a couple of years. Wow. Or maybe we could get into the zone between the, the Earth and the Moon. I mean, that's, that's ridiculously expensive probably. But then it would be there permanently.
0: Um, you know, we did research on this, Dave. Yeah. And I I I cannot find any government or privately funded or executed project when it comes to satellites orbiting the Earth looking for UFOs. This is a first. It is, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I I it just boggles the mind that you know, this is something that has never been done before. And yet, this little satellite, I believe it's about 4 inches by 8 inches? It's close to that, yeah, 10, ten centimeters yeah. by uh, upwards of 20 centimeters. Now, the satellite, I believe, is going to have two cameras, right? Yeah. So tell us, a, tell us tell us what will happen once the satellite is put into its orbit, which I believe is 193 miles. Yeah, well,
4: once it's launched, we're going to have um, a polar orbit heading south. So basically, it'll be coming over the the North Pole and the South Pole. Um, If you're in North America, that would be initially in the southern direction. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a camera pointed up, a camera pointing down. Um, We did have some questions earlier based on if we didn't have enough funding, we would just have one camera. But we're we're likely going to go with the two. Even if we had one, though, we have what's called a magnetometer, which um, we can kind of control the satellite. Mm -hmm. So initially when it's launched, that will help us to stabilize it um it's like a little magnet with a motor basically and picture you can you can turn that motor the magnets kind of attracted to earth's magnetic field so you can steer it um so even if there were one camera we could have it pointed downward at earth just to get some neat earth shots but then we could steer it Mm -hmm. to point outwards to space um and then if we have two cameras that we don't even have to worry about that because one will always be pointed spaceward and one right. will always be pointed earthbound.
0: What kind of uh, what kind of sensors, what kind of uh, equipment is on board the CubeSat that will help in the search for UFOs? Or how will it detect if, in fact, there is a UFO in the vicinity of the CubeSat?
4: Right. So we'll have the camera, which will be some large CMOS sensors, We had looked into like a 30 millimeter camera, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing, which is like a pro camera down here on Earth. But really, it it turned out it didn't make sense because that's for zoom shots on a very small area, whereas we want to kind of get the whole field of view of the sky. So we're going to go with the the CMOS, which would be like a a high end digital CMOS camera Um, that will catch anything visual, uh, any changes in light, that kind of thing then we're also going to have the ability to measure radiation in the vicinity. So um, this would pick up changes in the radiation of Earth's magnetic field, but it would also pick up any anomalies that are outside the, the normal range of data. So say we get something visual, we get a little blip on the camera,
1: mm-hmm.
4: um, we should be able to also read uh, anything radioactive, plus we're going to have... a uh, the ability to measure the electromagnetic electromagnetism, which is a very common um, phenomenon with UFO reports, that kind of thing. So we wouldn't just get a visual, but we'd also get a secondary piece of data like electromagnetism or radiation, even a third data point. And this, this would help a lot in terms of we see images all the time on the internet, we even see videos of UFOs, but so many people say, you know, there's Photoshop, there's After Effects, Right. whereas now we'll, we'll hopefully have two data points, maybe three data points, so that you can say, well, no, it's definitely not Photoshopped, obviously, because we've got radiation and we've got electromagnetism that correlate with it exactly.
0: How soon after this, uh, this, um, these sensors are alerted to an anomaly or a change, will your mission control actually be alerted, and what happens at that point?
4: Um it'll be pretty much instant i mean we'll be we'll get the data basically at the speed of light, I think, or the speed of radio waves mm-hmm. um, Our sat will capture whatever data it captures, and then we have what's called the global global star system of satellites. This is our data cost it's a a network of satellites that are already up there uh, there's a whole bunch of little networks of satellites I think they have two or three different systems. you pay them a monthly. Data fee, and they're able to take your satellite's data and transmit it instantly, no matter where it is, so this is different than mm-hmm. say we just had a an antenna on our satellite that transmitted just to us, and basically we need a ground station now the problem with that is your ground station on earth would only capture the data when your satellite's passing overhead so Using traditional like C B radio style, you'd need to have a ground station in so many locations Mm -hmm. around the globe in order to capture it. And to get over this hurdle, we just pay a fee to these guys who have a whole network of satellites out there. And they capture our data for us no matter where our satellite is, and then they transmit it to us through either through the internet or through that kind of thing.
0: Dave, stand by. You and I have to take our break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Exonation. Romar McConnell Media Company, the X-Zone radio show, TV show, xedbn Network, and all of our affiliates are so proud to be part of this project. We want the world to know what is happening. We want you to go to www.cubesat.tech, and we're going to tell you how you can be part of this historical event when we come back from this commercial break. This is The x I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Dave Cody is my special guest, and he is the project manager of CubeSat Disclosure. For all the information, visit www.cubesat.tech. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. imagine this, exo Nation. For years and years and years, since about 1947, people have been investigating the skies, looking for UFOs. Media, governments, military have saying, oh, you know what? It's all in your mind. It's no such thing. But can millions of people who have cited UFOs be wrong? Can it be a mass hallucination? Nah, I really don't think so. Then why the disclosure? Why the, the, I should say, why the embargo on truth then? Is there information out there that we're not being told? And if so, why? So many people have said, well, where's the proof? Well, thanks to Dave Cote and his team at uh, CubeSat.tech, they are looking for the truth. For the first time in history, I'm not just talking about 20 years, 30 years. I mean history. A satellite is going to be orbiting the Earth in a polar orbit at 193 miles with two cameras, one pointed towards space, one pointed down towards Earth, with a sensor array on board, with one mission looking for UFOs. It's never been done before by any country, any government, any private organization. It is being done now, thanks to Dave Cote and his crew at CubeSat.tech. Dave, this is uh this is you're going to be shaking the world with this. Let's what, hope. You know, whether whether or not, Dave, UFOs are found. You're still rocking the world and making history because this is the first time that a satellite from any country, any government, has been on a dedicated UFO mission. That's true, yeah. How does that make you and your team feel? <laughs> um, Initially
4: surprised of, of all the support. I mean, I had no idea whether there'd be a lot of support or not. And, I mean, I'm very happy to have had the idea. I'm, I was surprised no one else had had it yet. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I feel pretty great about it because we've got, like, we have the... The ISS, the International Space Station yes. up there and they've got their video feed and people are always, you know, grabbing images and they'll see something and then it shuts down. But no one can ever really verify if you know is that a legitimate UFO? Is it not? Mm-hmm. Because it's there's no project out there that's specifically aimed at this stuff. So we're gonna have something where if we see a flash of light or something, that's the point of our project. So of course we're gonna hone in on it, see if there's any uh, radiation, any electromagnetism. So, yeah, I think it's a great,
0: great thing. Tell us, you know, we've talked about the 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 CubeSat itself, but let's talk about the launch vehicle. What kind uh, of vehicle is it? When is it going to launch? And from where is it going to launch?
4: Yeah, it's going to be launched from the Mojave Desert in California. And I don't know the specifics of the rocket because the company... Um, they fight over this kind of information of how to cheaply launch sure. things, that kind of thing. And the company's called Interorbital, and they've apparently figured out some technology to cheaply launch CubeSats into orbit, low Earth orbit. So we've got a, a tentative date of next summer, and yeah, that will be a launching from California. Uh, it'll be a south direction polar orbit. Mm-hmm. And I believe so. They've they've developed the rocket rocket technology over several years, and they've just recently been coming out in various news articles because I think they're launching a bunch of people's little cubesats now, and we're slowly learning a little bit more about their technology. I know they're trying to keep wraps on it, but we're it's it's slowly coming out in the media.
0: How does the the flight of a cubesat? Uh, differ from a higher orbital platform like the ISS when it comes to other satellites and the tracking of Earth defense systems?
4: i um, not sure I exactly understand the question. Like, our, our, do you mean... Okay,
0: the ISS and other satellites yeah. are known to uh, Space Command. Yeah. How... You know like and and there's so many satellites up there so you know like I think space Command is more or less of an air traffic control center for all these and then you've right. got then you've got NORAD and you have other agencies that monitor satellites how right. how do they how are how do they know that CubeSat is friendly right 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 yeah
4: um I think there's like there's a bunch of ways like one one is just the fact of our our low earth orbit mm-hmm our satellite wouldn't really have a potential of being a danger to other satellites cuz it's it's in kind of the lowest orbit possible. Okay. Um, it's only got a shelf life up there of up to 3 months anyway before it burns up. And also we we have to go through a lot of the protocol where they they kind of verify what we're sending up.
0: Tell us about the manufacturing aspect of CubeSat. Where is it being manufactured? Who is it being manufactured by? Um,
4: Yes, this is interesting, actually. So, initially, I didn't know how I was going to make the satellite. Personally, I I didn't have any experience, though I'd be willing to learn it. Um, I had a family friend who was going into their master's in CubeSats, but they were leery um, because of the whole applying to universities and the stigma attached to to the UFO stuff. Mm -hmm. So they, they thought maybe they'd hold back and not get involved because they were in the process of applying to schools and such. Um, I was kind of a little dismayed at that point. And interestingly enough, I got an email through the the crowdfunding website from a fellow named Matt Lippert. And he works at AFIT, the Air Force Technical Institute. Now, Interestingly enough, they operate out of Wright-Patterson, which is supposedly where the the Roswell UFO was taken, right? Yeah, that's right. Now, yeah, it's crazy. Now, when I got this email, I I had two feelings. One was like, this is serendipitous Mm -hmm. because, wow, I just lost my CubeSat person, and now here comes pretty much the most amazing CubeSat builder you could think of. And two, this is very strange, Um, should I be worried? It's kind of like suddenly the Air Force contacting you right from the base that they supposedly took a crashed UFO saying, oh, we want to get involved, right? Sure. So, I mean, I kind of vetted as best I can, and I talked on the phone with Matt, and I've determined, like, he's, he's working there. He went to university near, near um, the base in, in Ohio, and they approached him to help teach at their institute. He's just got a keen interest in technology 3D printing CubeSats. He's actually um, starting up a a company, like a CubeSat company in the future, so this turns out to be a perfect opportunity for him because he's going to get his first launch out of it, learn a whole bunch of stuff so that when he transitions into the business world, he'll have some experience to, to send up CubeSats. So I've determined that I think I feel pretty safe. I don't feel like it's the Air Force trying to, you know, block our progress or anything like that. Um, we've, we're very independent in operating this on our own, like separate from everything. So I feel we've got all the control, which is good, but yeah, it was very interesting when that all happened.
0: How do you and your crew prepare for the launch?
4: Well, he's building the satellites, um, He's going to talk to the the AFIT Institute mm-hmm. to use some of their vibration testing facilities so they can test, make sure it survives the vibration, the temperatures, etc. Um, then we rely upon Interorbital to make the launch date happen next summer. And, I mean, a lot of it's just trying to raise more funds and biting our fingernails, basically.
0: You know, the... Um the launch manifest at uh, orbital is yeah. is quite impressive
4: yeah it's good it's definitely legit ftp a uni-
0: university in vietnam a nasa 4 and 5 faculty in west virginia king yeah. abdullah university pakistan i cube uh taiwan's yeah. national chen kung university like this is this is you know you're up there with the biggie's guy i know it's crazy isn't it I think it's wonderful, Dave, and you know once again, uh, my I commend you for, for sticking to your dream and making this happen. Because I've always said that only difference between a dream and reality, is doing it. The work that you put in. The dream is the idea. The reality, is the result of following your dream and overcoming every obstacle. That's it. That's true. Tell us about your um. Your your project team.
4: Well, the team, I mean, you can see them all on the the CubeSat site. Mm -hmm. They're basically friends, like long-term friends, shorter-term friends. Um, I mean, I started by kind of posting things out on my Facebook, just the idea and what I'm doing. And my hometown of Maple Ridge, um, Mark Richfield lives there as well. And we, we got to know each other actually hanging out, drinking coffee. And he always had kind of a keen interest in the UFO topic. And Natalie, she's a friend through a friend that I had met um, at a time when I was living in Thailand. And Natalie has our mutual friend that was living out there as well. And she lives in Canada. She's mm-hmm. so close enough. And we ended up connecting and chatting. And she has an interest in the whole phenomenon. She had a, had a couple sightings herself, which connected her to Pat Regan, who's actually written books on it. And he's over in the UK and he's a an author and he came on as our UFO consultant. And then Dave Schock found me through, he had a similar project years ago where he was trying to launch a satellite, but at that time it would cost, oh, I don't know, I think he said like $200 million or something. Mm-hmm. So he found he found me, told me his story and I thought, wow, what, what better person to have involved. I mean, he's done half the research, he's got half the word out there. He lives and breathes it, basically, which is great. <laughs> and then we have my, at the time, fiancé, now wife, and she's obviously involved, as just as involved as I am, because she has to hear about it all the time, right? Sure. <clears throat> so she's kind of helping with administration and crunching numbers and that kind of thing, and design of logos and, and such, and the placement of parts, whatever.
0: So everything is our goal for the summer of 2017. CubeSat Disclosure, the first satellite mission with the expressed mission to find and look for UFOs. Now, when we come back from this break, Dave, I'd like you to tell people how they can be part of history by going to www.cubesat.tech. Sound like an idea?
4: Sounds like a
0: good idea. All right, ExoNation, as I've been saying this hour, be part of history. We're going to tell you how on the other side of this break. Make sure that you let everyone you know know about CubeSat. Disclosure. The website, www.cubesat.tech. Now, Dave and I will be back on the other side of this. Break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to see the complete program lineup for the Exome Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. We'd also like to welcome Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, Patty Conklin, Roberta Grimes, Kevin Randall, uh, Joe Weegett, Dave Schock, and other great hosts to our show to our network, I should say, not the show, to our network. That's www.xzbn.net. Dave Cote, the project manager and the man who had the vision and the dream to to put a satellite in space looking for UFOs is my guest. We'll both be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. I'm going to give you a website that is going to change history. And you can be part of this this change, this part of history that for the very first time is happening. Here's the website, www.cubesat.tech. That's www.cubesat.tech. Dave Cody is our special guest and... Dave is the founder and project manager and software engineer for CubeSat Disclosure. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your dream. Uh, We are very proud to be part of your your team when it comes to media and broadcasting. Let our listeners know, Dave, how they can become part of history. Okay,
4: definitely. And it's... It's a pleasure having you on board. It really is. We haven't had, um, as you know, a, a media agency as pro as yourselves help us out yet. So I think I'm excited for where this takes us. I think it'll be really good. Thank you, my friend. And so, yeah, if, if people want to get involved, there's there's many ways you can follow. You can just kind of follow our, our cubesat.tech and the various fundraisers. We will be putting them up think it's every two months they go for 60 mm-hmm. days and then i'll be starting another fundraiser and keep doing this up until the time of launch um you can follow the updates stay involved you can ask questions you can donate which then actually gets you uh directly involved we've got various perks that you can donate into um, including getting real-time visual and radiation data from the satellite. Um, for a little bit more, you can actually get login benefits. We will potentially have the ability to steer our satellite, and we'll probably have set times, not all the time, but we'll have set times when people can log in and and actually steer it themselves and take pictures themselves. So you can see the various perks on the site. Right now we've got three, so you'd be able to log into the CubeSat yourself uh, with a $500 contribution, you'd get the real-time data, visual radiation, so you'd get it before it hits the website um, for a $250 contribution. You can get your name etched into the code that's on on the CubeSat for a $25 contribution. Um, now, that may sound funny to, to put your name in the code. Like, basically, we, we'd comment out your name in the code that's running on, on the satellite. But potentially... Um, from some of the people I've I've been meeting along the way, they could the, the extraterrestrial civilizations could end up uh, kind of knowing you. I mean, for all we know, they they are cyclically uh, able to communicate that kind of thing. I have no idea. I'm I'm skeptical on some levels and then very accepting on other levels. But I think getting your name into the code of the cubes app could be could be very interesting potentially.
0: Dave, when you were a little kid, did you ever think that you'd be involved in the space program?
4: No, absolutely not. I think I wanted to be either Spider-Man or, or a firefighter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> typical, really typical.
4: Yeah, exactly. No, I, I was a huge skeptic on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, interested always, but before I saw something myself, I mean... I even had a, a friend who was a pretty big director. I had ventured in, in the film industry for about a decade mm-hmm. and I had a friend who was a director who used to shoot uh, independent films in, in the desert yeah, uh, near California and then he came out here to, to Vancouver and now I think he's doing documentaries with a few universities. But he saw all kinds of things when he was in the desert and he'd, he'd talk about it and even though he was a friend, I was always, you know, questioning it and skeptical of it. Um, it was just really hard for me to accept that, you know, there's aliens, there's extraterrestrial beings around our planet, and yet nobody's seen it and nobody knows about it. So, I was quite skeptical until I actually went out and saw something phenomenal for myself. That that sort of changed my view on it.
0: Seeing is believing. It is. It really is. You see, Dave, people. Over the years, listening to the show over 25 years now, have said, "Rob, why do you do your show if you don't believe?" Right. It's very simple. I want to believe. Yeah. But I'd like to
4: see proof. <clears throat> yeah, me too. You know. And the funny, the funny thing about it all is, I mean, before I had a sighting, before I saw something that I couldn't explain, mm-hmm. um, there's just no way, like. People can say something, but then you look around and you don't see it. And it's like, well, you can't really believe something unless you have any evidence or proof of it. And then once you do have a sighting, you've got the, the evidence or the proof, but you can't really verify it. You can't really retest it or put it against anything. So, I mean, that's why I think projects like this, and there's there's a few other, there's like a ground-based um, observation project that's going on that basically is on the ground looking for for ufos Mm -hmm. i think any kind of project like this that can take a visual and put some more data to it like radiation electromagnetism anything that you can verify so that once you come back to the public the scientists the lab you say well we've got some strange anomaly here this i think warrants more investigation and It's, if you think of it in the terms of um, like verifiable evidence or experimentation, it's actually insane that people haven't studied this more, like don't take it seriously. Because if you've got millions of sightings around the earth, people seeing things we can't explain, Mm
0: -hmm. to,
4: to not try to figure out what that is, is a little bit crazy.
0: Doesn't make sense, does it? Doesn't make sense. Let me ask you something, Dave. Um, Do you think that there is a government conspiracy to suppress the truth about UFOs? And if so, in your opinion, why is it?
4: Wow, that's a huge topic. Well, I mean, I've kind of gone down all the different paths of thought on that from from the pure scientific perspective to Mm -hmm. the pure conspiracy perspective. Uh, One take on it would be that people aren't that organized, to be able to cover up such a thing. You know, if things actually had happened, of course it would come out because you've got whistleblowers, um, contract employees, that kind of thing. But then on the other hand, there have been amazing cover-ups, global cover-ups, oil scandals, these kinds of things that do come out years later. And so it is possible to have a group of organized people that could cover something up. And that leads you to think, well, maybe there was a a Roswell crash. Maybe they did find something, and they get their technology from it. And maybe it would be scary enough globally that they'd go to all costs to cover up such a thing, because to have everyone know that, you know, there's a whole community out in space of different beings, if that would shatter our worldview so much that it could, you know, kill our economy, um, really confuse people spiritually, that kind of thing. Then, based on that, I think, yeah, maybe there is a cover-up. I could see governments fighting really hard to not let any of that happen.
0: Do you think that these visitors, who many believe have been visiting this planet for thousands upon thousands of years, Dave, pose a threat to us?
4: I don't think so. I'm If I follow logic mm-hmm. and I think if they are there, and and part of me really believes um, there is something there. Um, I think if there were a danger that we would have known by now, and I think, I mean, there's so many reasons. Like One is how industrialization is raising our global temperatures, and if we don't figure it out in the next few hundred years, the Earth's not going to be that habitable anyway. I couldn't see a race of beings who wanted the Earth just sitting back letting that happen. Um, even if then you said, well, maybe they want it hotter and more more acidic, well, that wouldn't make sense either because it's actually our own industrialization that's bringing it to that. That would be too much of a coincidence, yeah. right, that it would be perfectly heating the planet up for another species. Like, there's any way of logic following, following through to the end. I don't see there being a, a, malicious, a malicious race out there that would be wanting to hurt us,
0: or they already would have. I've often wondered, Dave, if the time ever came where two countries pushed the the nuclear button, if the right. visitors, or our guardians, or however you want to classify them, would not step in. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Dave, it has been a great pleasure talking to you, my friend. Over the next uh, weeks, we're going to be speaking to Dave Shock again. Matthew Leppert, word. we're going to be speaking to uh, Gianna. We're going to speak to Mark Richfield, Pat, Reagan, and Natalie. Um, you know, this is, this is exciting. And once again, Exonation. This is the website that we want you to go to. This is the website we want you to tell all your friends to go to. This is the website we want you to plaster all over social media. This is the website if you are a boss, if you are working in a corporation, if you are a cop, if you're a firefighter, if you're a plumber and you want to become, or any anyone else, and you want to become part of history, Dave, tell them the website to go to.
4: Yes, go to... CubeSat. C-U-B-E-S-A-T dot T-E-C-H.
0: Dave, it's been a great pleasure talking to you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us tonight here on the x and we look forward to the many months ahead and the success and being part of your project. Yes, and thank you for coming on. That's definitely great. Take care of yourself, Dave, and once again, congratulations to you and your wife. Thank you exonation Nation, Dave Cote has been our special guest, and we're going to have the rest of the the project team of CubeSat Disclosure here on the Exxon every week. We're going to keep you up to date because this is important. This is history. Once again, go to www.cubesat.tech and become part of history. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the exon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.